good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the day. Today is the 6th of May, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, your host, Nicholas Hinkle, a.k.a. Motown Noah, and I am joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. Now, James, i got to say something. Do you hear that? No, you don't. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, the squeaking, it's gone. I fixed it, much to the uh, disdain of our listeners. I think it was probably like a month and a half that that was plaguing the show. Every like five to seven minutes, there would be a squeak, and people wouldn't stop talking about it. And here we go. After I got bullied on Reddit, I here we go. I fixed it. I finally, I got the screwdriver out. I, I like untightened and tightened the screws like 80 times. Here we go. No more squeaks. It's going to be. Barely ever, I barely ever noticed it. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a talking point on, on the socials. Do you hear that? Hmm. What is that, James? Me not eating. <laughs> and and talking My loud. dad was pissed at me. Oh, he was mad at you for eating at the start of the yeah. last show. I've eaten like the last two shows, I think. You have. You do it quite frequently. But people don't but people don't not that frequently. Uh People wouldn't have like known two, that I was in eating 30, lemon pepper in 30 wings. Sh- No, they wouldn't have. Yeah. In like 30 shows I've probably eaten during the show three times. We're gonna need a statistician on that. But anyways, Papa Edwards, but, go ahead. Go ahead. But I have to eat. I have to eat sometimes because we have weird schedules yes. to where, yeah. Um, sometimes we can't do the show until you get out of work and situated, and yeah. that could be late. You're an hour behind me. Um, sometimes I can't do the show because I just am waiting on something or doing something. Which you actually are uh, right now. Related. We won't spoil it, but you are. So there's a chance that yeah, this show might yeah, just I don't get spoil it. Stopped. I don't want to spoil it uh, because it could just not happen and said story could not come out. Uh, but if we abruptly stop, it's a good sign Yes, that a fun story is coming. So, yeah. Um, we have a yeah. So no, no chewing. I hope yeah. I'm louder and clearer. I do speak low. I, somebody on Twitter said that they listen to this show with the volume up because uh, it's hard to hear me. I do naturally kind of speak low, so I will try to um, project my voice a little better. Yeah, and not mumble as less. But it, it was good to have some criticism because <laughs> not to say that we're like a, we're we're flawless and we're the greatest show on earth, but like we get a lot of love. So it was good to know that like episode episode thirty one. 31 episodes in there was some stuff people were like all right you guys we need we need these fixed and, and yeah. we're tr- we'll try our best so shout out to reddit james are you you obviously have your hand uh in a lot of lot of lot of baskets here but mainly you're on twitter do you really uh lurk on any other forms of pistons mediums because it's no like like reddit for example the Pistons subreddit you'll never we'll know. never know You'll never Maybe know. James is there. Keep keep one eye open because James might be watching you. I I recently got um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was I've been recently exposed to the Reddit world when it comes to Pistons. I knew there was I knew there was stuff there, but like I never I guess I didn't realize like how in depth it was. So I actually I recently once I learned of this, I recently went through it, and I want to say thank you to yeah. everybody on there who shows love. I didn't realize there were, that one it was like that intense of that much of the fan base was over there. Just like I said, I'm like you said, I'm in Twitter, uh, but there's, there's a lot of love for the kid on Reddit, and I want to say thank you because I don't um, 
get to get i don't yeah i'm not I, i'm newly familiar so thank you guys if you listen to this show and um are exclusively on reddit and not on twitter and i'm sure nick would say the same we there's a lot of love for the show on there yeah whoever started that thread on uh your favorite pistons podcasts uh we appreciate you because it actually a you know what made me really happy is uh from half court with sean murphy i'm glad that that show got some love because i was able to be a guest on there sean's amazing um obviously we were on there uh who got some you were support. on there Laz oh got... sean oh i thought you were talking about sean's show yeah well yeah i was i was a guest you're talking on about sean's now. show yes yeah. so anyways uh we have a lot of things uh to get into today james do it's we gonna be yeah the the biggest thing so once again i was not able to watch the pistons game against the hornets uh here's what i did do as is customary i did my homework advanced stats uh has become you know how here's here's what i'll say so if you if you have an iPhone, you go on Safari, usually like in the middle of the screen, it'll already tell you like what you what pages you generally visit the most. Right. Yeah, And if you if you Googled a hoodie, you'll get on Instagram and there'll be an ad for a hoodie. Sure. So, so you get advanced stats ads my, on your Snapchat. My top two visited sites right now. Number one is Tankathon. Number two is uh, advanced stats and shot charts and what happens. What's you. number so, three? Number Does three with a P. Number three is uh, the CTA. There's a rhyme with schmornschmub. It's the CTA uh, train tracker. So whenever I go to work or I'm coming home from work, I know how long I got to wait for the train. So uh, I was able to uh, watch what Hamadou did last night. After I saw that he had 35, let me tell you something. This theme of players playing demonstratively better when they're fasting is fascinating to me and i don't understand the science behind it i don't know if anybody's ever done that before like why do players is there that much adrenaline that they're just they just like hakeem olajuwon is the prime example where he was statistically better when he was fasting so during ramadan hakeem olajuwon was even more of a bucket but anyways um gave detroit uh well gave the hornets rather 35 and 7 so what we saw from hamadou as you pointed out in your story which we'll get to in just a moment um was very reminiscent of the first two or two and a half games that he played with Detroit. A lot of athletic drives to the rim, a lot of creating and finishing through said contact. Um, five games. He had a nice five-game start. Was it that many? I couldn't remember. Yeah. I thought it was just a few. Um, and that jump shot, man, I know you've said it a hundred times. Once, once it becomes more of a consistent part of his game, the kid has a future with us. Last night was one of those games where even if it doesn't go in, I think it looks gorgeous. But when, you know, him and Seku have this interesting thing going with who has the hierarching jumper. And Seku was another guy last night who put up 20. But let me tell you something. What I said about Seku like a month ago was it just annoys me that once every six months he'll have this breakout game where he goes for 15 to 23 points. And it's all on these wide open cuts because defenses forget about him because he plays uh, these stretches where, well, there's these stretches of games where he just doesn't play and then teams just don't remember about him. And then he will inexplicably go off and then it fades away and six months later he'll do it again. Last night, the difference with Seku was it wasn't, his scoring was primarily on like athletic drives to the rim, like putting his head yeah. down from the three-point line, uh, attacking the basket and finishing. And that, that was really impressive to see. Now, my question for you uh, on the Diallo bit here. So you wrote a story after the game. Uh, sort of detailing what Hamadou did against the Hornets and what his future is for Detroit and how he's like the hidden gem, right? Yeah. I genuinely don't know if you've ever written as glowing a review of an individual player and their performance the way that you did for him. 
So, like, I was reading it like, this sounds like me. Like, it doesn't sound hyperbolic <laughs> like me, but it sounds like you went to the Motown Noah school of, like, gassing somebody up. No, no, no. What I mean by that, what I meant by the story, and I wish I... I wish it was, I really, really wish we were in normal times. Like, I would have loved to dive into the Ramadan stuff more, which I kind of let, which I did lead with in the story. Um, like, I think that playing at a high athletic level under those circumstances, not, I don't know if circumstances is the right word, but under those conditions. Conditions is, I suppose, if, word. Maybe if that's any better of a word is fascinating so like yeah i asked him after the game like i was curious is there somebody like in it i said in this he i could use the quote in the story if there's somebody like that brought him food right at the time he was allowed to get food and that, that was super fascinating to me um and i figured there as such but to hear him detail it and like everything that goes into it he said the secret the trick is not eating a lot right when you can it's eating very small and just getting enough to to keep going um but so I called him the best kept secret of the rebuild, and and I, I I guess I didn't realize it as a gas up like like how you just put it, but I guess I could see it. It's just Nick, you know, you're a fan, you're entrenched in Pistons social world, and I am too, just based off my job. Everything that regards to the rebuild has been Killian, Isaiah, yeah. Sadiq, and Saban. Like, there's people who don't won't watch if Killian's not playing if Isaiah's not playing yeah you're yeah. one of them yeah um, at this point in the season I'll say that like if two of yeah, them yeah, are yeah. out I'm good I don't need to watch them yeah but it's like Hamadou Diallo is about the same age as Sadiq I think he's closest I think he's only a couple months older than Sadiq and uh um Saban mm. and he's a guy that is very much in the timeline um, as we've said a bunch on this show, like his jump shot is the reason he, he's not a bona fide starter, like without question. Um, and he's actually shooting like 36% this season, which is league average. So we're seeing from that progression three. from three, from three. Yeah. Yeah, 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 from three. Um, he's shooting over 40% since he's come to Detroit, but 36 on the season when you factor in uh, OKC. He's just a guy that's going to be part of this future. And he's a guy that has the potential to be a really, really great defender. And as I mentioned the story, there's like just some mental stuff on that mm. side um, that I think has negated him thus far from being an elite defender. But I think like physically one on one, like he's has all the tools. Offensively, yeah. he can he still finds ways to get to the rim despite teams knowing that's what he does. He's a good cutter. He's a low maintenance scorer. Um, I think he he presses a little bit sometimes. But I think that's just his aggressive nature, and it's something you would live and die with as long as he continues to like be productive. But I do think like he's the one guy on this team that's not the rookies and Jeremy that I look at. It's like, yeah, he's part of this future going forward, but he's the one that's not talked about a lot because he came in the middle of the season, started off hot, had some bumps and bruises, struggled in the middle section, uh, was in and out because the team wants to be – uh, quote unquote cautious with him. They want him healthy going to the off season where they plan on resigning him. But it's like he's like quietly part of this future and could quietly be like a a very important piece to this future because of all the stuff we laid out. I mean if he gets a league average jump shot consistently, like if this is where it starts, like where the, like 
that's a, a starting two guard for many, many years. That's yeah. a guy that you can, like I said, score off the cut, can score off the spot up, can will be able to do what he does best, which is get to the hole. He'll be able to do that better if teams have respected his jump shot. Like there's a high ceiling there with Hamadou. Um, and I just think that that is passed over a lot in this season where Pistons fans are very excited to finally have not one rookie who's really good, not two rookie who could be really good, but three, maybe four rookies not who could one, be really good. Not two. Not two. Not yeah, you know three. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, like it's just been passed over. Yeah. And I think Hamadou has a chance to be a a really good player. So here's what you wrote. This was my second favorite part of the story. I'm going to read this little paragraph if that's okay with you. I don't want to air, yeah. I, you know, I mean, pay for the story, no. pay for the sub, yeah. but a lot of the talk amid Detroit's retooling has been centered around the franchise's four rookies, Killian, Sadiq, Isaiah, and Saban, and rightfully so. It's a crop of youngsters who have displayed flashes of real NBA staying power. It's a group that personifies the eye for talent of new general manager Troy Weaver. For a franchise that hasn't had much luck when it comes to identifying and developing young talent in recent years, this rookie class potentially shows that a new page has been turned in the book that is Detroit basketball. You are... So in your bag with this story, <laughs> like my, I, I, just the way that you tell stories, just I almost spit out water. Oh, it's so good. Um, thank you, man. I, I don't know if that's my, uh, it's not my best work, but thank you. So the old adage that I may have made up, I don't know, James. Yeah. Who, who wins championships? Wings. Wings win championships. That's yeah, what that's your favorite thing is. to say. Besides so, that, and the and the that's your favorite thing to say. You have three favorite things you like to say. I have something I've been meaning to tell you. Yes. What wins championships? Wings. Yeah. And he's he's gonna get the good old Wendy's deal. The old the four something. for forty. Yeah. The old something. Yeah. Um, the four for well, forty. What's funny about the X wins championships? It's applicable to whatever we're talking about or whatever whoever we're like. If we're talking about Isaiah Stewart, bigs win championships. I'll never say it about a point guard though. I'll say wings. I'll say front court. I will never say it about a point guard because point guards do not win championships, and that is a fact. Can I ask you something? Steph Curry would like a word, but sure. Uh, well, we're not gonna get into this right now. That's a that's a this summer thing. We got nothing else to talk about. Um, when I forget. Ooh. Do we do our Mori thing right now? Because you're objectively wrong. We'll do that. Let's finish. Let's yeah, finish yeah, yeah, the. Ham- yeah, yeah. Let's I, finish Hamadou. Well, can I ask you a, a question about Killian? Sure. Then I want to ask you a question about Hamadou. Go ahead and just ask the Hamadou thing first. We'll wrap up on that. Okay. One, how much did you love the trade when it happened? I think we talked about it. Two, how much do you love the trade now? And three, what are your hopes? for Hamadou Diallo's role to be, what do you hope his role is on this team two, three years from now? I loved it. I love it as much today as I did when it happened because as soon as the trade happened... Not more of, or less? No, because I, that's how excited I was. Yeah. So when the, one of the first things I said in my video was, okay, we just traded for Diallo. Uh, Pistons fans, there's a chance that this is going to be your new favorite player. Give it Maybe you have to give it a little bit of time, but that's what I said, and I stand yeah. by that. And I think that the... the the highlights of what he's he's done have been perfectly indicative of that, and I think it's perfectly justified. As a guy of like myself who's notedly hyperbolic, I think that that actually kind of sticks. I'm glad that that one actually has turned out to be well. Yeah, actually, for some guys, maybe he could be right. Um, in terms I think of, he's like quietly some of the fan bases, at least online, favorite player. Like he gets a lot of love. Last night was his. Just to give people a little brief peek in the standings, was his third Motown Noah's best friend of the night award. He is tied with Killian Hayes. And that was, and we forgot to say, thirty-five was a career high for him. I don't think we said that. Did we need to though? 
<laughs> Hamadou yeah. Diallo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some people like Frank Jackson's. I think is thirty-two. Like some people might is not that know right. it. Like, gotcha. Yeah, I, I his, it was twenty-seven that. before mm. uh, for Hamadou. Um, on the where you know, what do I think? What role do I anticipate he's going to be playing for the next two to three years? I don't know because this whole he's a key part of the future does still feel weird to me. It's not that I don't believe it. I think maybe maybe once he pens the extension, it'll feel real to me, and then I can kind of start to quantify what his impact is going to be. Um, but I just feel like we haven't seen enough. And sort of what he could look like next to Cade Cunningham or something like that. Like, I don't know. I some... Can I say something shocking and just leave it at, at what I say? Yeah, I'll just keep going after you say it. Say they draft Cade, all right? This, mm. is who I think the st- this is how I think they start the season next year. Are you ready? Mm. And it's going to need it more explanation, but now is not the time. Cade, Hamadou, Sadiq, Jeremy, Isaiah. That actually segues perfectly into the question about Killian that I had. Okay. I'm not – I think last night the Hornets game – and, again, I wasn't able to watch, like, defensive possessions. So this is just off of advanced stats, like turnovers and missed shots and all that nonsense that he had assists. From what I saw, from what I read, the consensus seemed to be that it was probably Killian's worst game of his career so far. Last night? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay, people were a little bit like, ah, I didn't like that. Can I ask you a question? It wasn't a great game, but I don't know about the worst. It was top three worst. We'll just say that. He's played 15, and it doesn't make, you know. Um, yeah. I wonder if there's a world where they take the the Isaiah Stewart approach with him next season. I don't know if this is anything that you can give us insight on or if you have any, if you want to throw out anything speculative. But what we did with Isaiah Stewart this year is he comes off the bench. He's behind Mason Plumley. He's behind Jaleel Okafor. And the one thing that we kept saying is by the end of the season, I say we, you kept saying, is by the end of the season, he's probably going to eat those minutes up and you'll probably see Isaiah Stewart starting. Lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So maybe if Detroit looks at this whole Killian thing as a maybe we did throw him to the fire and maybe it kind of didn't go the way we wanted it to, um, do you think there's a world where maybe they – actually start next season with Killian on the bench and just kind of bring him in slowly, especially if you end up with a guy like Cade. Is there a world? Yes. Um, it, yes, there is a world. And uh, we can m- maybe elaborate on that more over the summer. Sure. Okay. Um, because I, I just wonder, well, I guess I don't want to. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about, we, we talk a lot about the, the top four. Well, I do want to ask you one Jalen Green question. Did you see the tweet? Uh, Jalen Green's tweet that he subsequently deleted after presumably his agent was like, hey, you need to delete that tweet. Nope, didn't see it. I don't even think I followed Jalen Green. I know for a fact if I went to college, it would have been a different talk about who's going number one. It's good, though. I love the G League. It prepared me ahead of college. Um, I'm not going to stop working. I mean, I don't think he's wrong. I think he's... I don't know if he's wrong. Uh Uh-oh. Let's. I think he's more in the conversation for as. How do I say this? I think he would have bumped Suggs out of the conversation. Okay. For top three. Okay, that's yeah. fair. I think I think we probably would have done with Jalen Green. Uh, let's 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 just hypothetically let's put Jalen Green on Baylor. Okay, I think he would probably would have had the Davion Mitchell. Wait a minute, is this let's guy... put him on Michigan State. Let's sure, let's put Jalen Green in the green and white. I guess I'm yeah. just saying if he had that, he seems like one of those peak March Madness guys where he goes off and has the Jalen Suggs run, 
right? Even though Suggs was going to go top three regardless, or top four if you want to. I, I, I don't think he, anyone would have usurped Cade in any situation ever. And I, I would argue that so. I yeah. would argue that the G League was probably better for Jalen Green's stock because he's been it in the be, same position be, all year. It could be the case, um, and I think it, it gives him a, a leg up that he's already played against pros. There's obviously like secrecy that goes on with the G League thing, like the games and all that. Not secrecy, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. not as widely available. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at his take. I like that kind of – I like that fire. Um, yeah, and I also want to clarify something I think I said on the pod, and it's going to be in when I do a mail – I'm doing a mailbag this week. Uh could be Friday. I'm thinking Friday. Um, if I had to rank the Pistons' top three big board, I still think it's Cade, Evan, Jalen. Cade, Evan, Jalen. I think I might have said Ev- Green was above Evan. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I, 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 I tend to lean toward Evan still at two. Okay. Um, we talk a lot on this show about the aforementioned guys. In a world where Detroit falls, which is naturally a doomsday situation, um, you've tried to sell a lot of Pistons fans in these last few episodes on James Booknight from uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Do you want to jump into a little bit? Let's, if for those who don't I, know, it, it's not. I'm not trying to. Sorry to interrupt you, which is, I do that a lot, but just because I have bad memory. I'm not trying to sell them. On James Book Knight. Like, I'm not, I'm not a, um, I'm not like all in on the Book Knight train. I'm just. Is he cutting you checks? What's the deal here? You bring him up no, every episode. I'm just saying there's, there is a chance if the Pistons pick five or later that they end up with James Book Knight. That's all I'm saying. So, for those who don't know, so the, the, the comp that you gave me when we were off the air was you thought that he was like a his ceiling was Bradley Beal. Can I say it's probably Zach Levine? Did I, I say you said Beal. But I meant well okay, I didn't mean uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, Bradley Beal. I I yeah, I didn't mean to if I said that I don't I didn't mean to say that. Uh Bradley's a shooter of epic yeah. proportions. James is not that. Um Zach Levine would be a better comp, yes. I think Book Knight was one of the most, if not the most, efficient score at the rim in college basketball last year. Yes. He shot like 60% at the rim, something like that. Explosive. Super explosive. I don't hate it. I mean, (laughs) you... you I don't think his jump shot, despite the percentages, is like broken. Like, I I think it's fixable. When it goes in, it looks real good. Yeah. That's it. Uh, You said to me, uh, I thought you'd like him, but you like everybody. I did. I... I... I told you to do your. I told you to dive into the book night. Yeah. Tape. I and I because you I, were you didn't understand why I kept saying it, even though I was telling you why I was saying it. But and then I did, I and I was forty nine seconds into the the stuff that I was watching, and can I can I read to you it. what I can I read to you what you the can I air out your text? Um. I'll I'll if I need be if need be I'll I'll uh, parental advisory sticker it. Okay. All right. James is scrolling. Uh, we text a lot. You're going to take a second to find it. Yeah. Bloopity bloop. Poopity poop. All right. Here we go. Nope. Not yet. Um, this is terrible podcasting, but it's. I don't understand the Josh I might have Giddy already stuff. skipped it. I don't, now I'm, I'm at a point where I don't understand. For those who don't know who Josh Giddy is, he's from Australia. He, I think he officially put his name in the draft within the last three weeks. Uh, 6'8 guard. I think he's like 190. And. As a six eight guard, 
you're probably like, well, Nick, isn't that something that you've said you like that before? On this show, James and I, we like guards that are over 6'5". But Josh Giddy, I don't think that anything he does in Australia, he gets away with in the league. Everything is just at such a weirdly slow pace. Lamelo and... got it off. Okay, that's not the same, though. That's... Josh Giddy will not be an NBA player until he cuts his hair. It's going to yeah. He's we, got very he's got the Quinn Snyder going. I listen, Name a player with that cut that go that's we, gone off in the brother, league. Brother, we've talked about it. We I James said it, I I said I don't I can't think of any player who's had hair like that that actually turned out to be good cuz I was going to say Deladova, it's not the same hair. Anyways, no. Quinn Quinn Snyder's a hilarious example there. But um evil genius. I <laughs> It's like it's that hairdo the evil genius. I don't know, man. Uh, and then you, you look at a guy. Davion Mitchell is someone that you enjoy. You enjoy watching Davion Mitchell. Here's the thing. I want a guy who can pass out of a pick and roll. I, I don't like – hold on. All right. We need to have um, – okay. Found the Book Knight tweet. Book Knight is a blank hooper, capital hooper. Me, uh, like eight, emoji, eight laughing emojis. Jesus Christ, this kid can flat out play. I'm 49 seconds into the video. I'm in, like 100%. He seems like everyone you he seems like someone you'd like, but you love everyone. Hey, hey, hey. There are plenty of guys in this class I don't like. Fact. Just sugs. And I said just sugs. You said Kispert and Mitchell. Not hundred percent sold on either Johnson yet either. Which I, I would like Kis- to I'd like yeah. to take that back. I'd like to amend that. Uh Keon Johnson, Tennessee, yes. Jalen Johnson, in. I don't know. I'm uh jury's I'm still out on Jalen Johnson. But yeah. uh I'm, Tennessee- I'm gearing up. I'm 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 slowly collecting all of my film and my readings and getting the numbers in order of people I need to talk to about certain players. Like as soon as the season ends, like I've been doing stuff here and there when I have time. Yeah. But like in the next, within the next two weeks, James draft season, uh, homework is going to get heavy. It's crazy. We're about a month and a half away from finding out. Are you nervous? Are you, how nervous are you going to be on, on lottery day? Like I, I might not be able to watch. I, really? <laughs> you would want to find out from Twitter? No, and that's the thing. I want to find out from watching. I don't think I'll be able to look. So here's Will what you I do. at least do a recap for that day, oh, no I matter what pick? No, yeah. What I did last year was I, re- I was recording my reaction during the entire lottery. Once, I mean, I knew the Pistons could only fall to, what, like ninth or something last year? So at 10, I started recording, and then I just let it ride. Um I need to. Can you send me that? I don't remember your video. I don't remember that video. Oh, it's a bad video. I don't. I was so discombobulated that I couldn't. I was just saying nonsense. I'll <laughs> it's not it as funny you. as the. It's not as funny as the. Uh, the Sadiq. Uh, no, the Pistons draft a, Sadiq. Uh, yeah, no. That's a gem. It's not. Uh, James, Literal you got, tears in your eyes. This isn't a mailbag episode, but you got some really good questions that you actually wanted to read on the show. Yeah, I didn't know if we. I just sent them to you to have in the archive for when we did a mailbag episode, which literally could be Sunday, uh, because there's. I mean, if you've been listening to the show for the last couple of weeks, clearly there's nothing really to talk about. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can answer those two now if you want, and then field mailbag questions later on this week for Sunday. Yeah, I just really like this question from Marcus. NBA journalists sometimes mention the crazy hours players keep in order to have their bodies at peak performance for night games. As someone who covers the team, you are subject to the same constraints. What is your general schedule? Does it differ on game days or time zones shifts? Time zone shifts. Now, here's what I know about James. Yeah. He, he, he goes to sleep at like, 
he's in bed from like eleven to like one thirty in the morning. Not eleven. Not on a, not on a game night. Usually, I'm in bed past midnight. But usually, yeah. And the time you wake up tends to differ, but it feels like it's usually like eight in the morning that you're out of bed. Between eight and nine. Yep. Yeah. And then everything in between is a day to day thing. So take it away. Okay. So yeah, I'll give him a breakdown of zoom era james and then non-zoom era james because it's two different lifestyles um zoom era james so yeah if there's a game on thursday there's no availability like the first time we talk to anybody is at if the game's at seven the first time we talk to somebody for the day is at 5 15 when Dwayne casey does his pregame talk so pretty much um during the day on game days i'm if i have something to finish up a story i'll finish it up I usually go to the gym at 9 a.m., come home, finish up work. If I have stuff to finish up, hang out with the lady, uh, chill, kind of chill, because then at that point I'm working from – I get to the arena at 4.30. I like to watch guys warm up because, one, it's just interesting, and, two, uh, I have nothing better to do, and, three, um, you might just stumble on, like, cool stories. Four, there might be people there to catch up and talk to um around the team so yeah i like to get there early so usually i'm on a game day i'm i'm at the arena from 4 30 until 10 if i'm writing after i'm usually not done until 12 31 mm. depending on what i'm writing so yeah um on a non-game day there's usually a practice and yeah like if i'm writing something i'll i, I work the nine to five this is one thing contrary to other sports reporters they, a lot of them can only work at nights. Like, that's just how they're wired. They stay up late and they sleep in. I'm the opposite. I like to treat it as a 9 to 5 if I can. So I'll get up. I'll work. I'll work out, come home, write a story, file it to my editor by 1 p.m., and I'll enjoy the 1 p.m. or whenever I get it done, and I'll enjoy the rest of my day. I don't like I'm not. I don't like being up till 3 in the morning. I get tired. Oh, great. So we get the freaking – we get the uh keep talking we get the desk fix and then yokito taco bell over here is is barking never barks but of course the the day we get the desk fix all right so non-zoom era people may not find this interesting at all um it is a chore non-zoom era you missed i call your dog uh yokito taco bell um it's not that small so non-zoom era can be a challenge and um, I don't want to compare or act like our conditions are worse than NBA players who go through literally extensive, exhaustive workouts as their job and then have to get on a plane and sometimes don't land home till 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and have to drive home. What is that face? Is This this isn't heart palpitations. That was like, uh, did a demon just leave your body? Okay. Stretching my eyes. All right. Um so there are times uh, quick all right <sighs> say the Pistons are playing in Boston on a Tuesday and they have a game in Dallas on a Thursday. The Pistons will play their game in Boston on Tuesday. We will do post-game interviews in the locker room. The team will then fly out to actually let's use this as a better example. They play in a Boston on they play in Boston on Tuesday. No, actually let's use the old one. Play Boston on Tuesday in Dallas on Thursday. They will leave Boston on their private jet, fr- private plane, 
the night of the Boston game to Sounds go to like Dallas. It's like a math problem. So if, if it Detroit is, leaves from Dallas, at, at, uh, leaves a, a southwest <laughs> If direction. a tree falls in the woods. Yeah. All right, so they leave immediately because they have their own plane. We There's no commercial flights that late. So say they leave Boston to go to the next city and they practice at 12 at noon. We literally have to get on like the first thing moving in the morning at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. to catch practice. So God forbid you had to write a lot the night of the game because then you're going to be up till 3 a.m. and then your alarm goes off to catch the flight at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a wonky schedule that I don't wish on anybody. And when I you hear me complain, it's because of like stuff like that. Like it's it's just a 24-7 job. Like it's Man. there's really until that's why I get excited when the deadline's over. It yeah, just and then there's a little less randomness. There are some nights you think you're about to go to the club and then friggin' you got like all right, nothing's gonna happen and then Blake Griffin's a Detroit yeah. Piston. You gotta pack it up and go home. Man, you yeah. guys gotta fly commercial that early in the morning. Meanwhile, Johnny Kane just riding pli- private with a team. Yeah. He's got it. He's gets, got it. Gets to sleep. Here's a question for you. Give me a give me a story that you that just fell through the cracks something you were really excited about wasn't able to materialize maybe you couldn't get the player maybe something happened where you thought it was going to be a really cool idea and it just didn't materialize great question um can i think of a former a player that doesn't play here anymore that i so that way i'm not giving out gems um i always wanted to do this story on reggie um, just kind of about his personality and just like how he was raised. Like people don't know. He was like a, I think it was an army brat. So like he kind of had like the Kobe story. Well, Kobe's dad played in Italy, but he lived in, I think Italy for a while, moved a bunch. Like, I think he lived in one of the Dakotas, Colorado. Like it was just him and his kind of his brothers. So, so that's kind of why he was like to himself a lot. And if you know, Reggie, he's always with his, one of his older brothers. So he had like an interesting story. He said he would do it, do the story, uh, but it was toward the end of the season and people were kind of turning on Reggie. And I was like, this is going to take, this story is going to take a lot of time. And I don't know if the, uh, if it's worth putting in the, the man, the, what yeah. is the manpower, the, the yeah. hours. Yeah. I don't know if the, uh, it'll be worth the reward. Sure. Um, but other than that, like if, I've pretty much, if I thought of something, I've gotten it done. I don't think there's one that's, Super slip through the cracks now. Yeah. Um, can I I was thinking about this today. I was chewing on this. Who do you think in the NBA out of all thirty teams has the best problem on their hands? And if you are confused by what I mean by that, let me give you my my answer to that. I think okay. it's New Orleans and their point guard problem. Can you think of a better problem to have? No. Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyra Lewis Jr. and Lonzo Ball. What do you do? You probably I don't know. I don't know, but it's like you're probably going to be fine. It seems like it'll way. work out. Yeah. yeah. If, no matter what, you're like, well, we could make something out of this. Yeah. Is there a better uh, problem to have? I mean, the Lakers struggling. Well, because, because they do have LeBron. Yeah. And I can't imagine AD is going to be this bad um, for Oof, much longer. Just disengaged. Yeah. I like, think he. Ugh. I think the Lakers will be fine. Um, yeah. It's not a bad problem to have but i guess they have higher expectations i um, listen i listen i said this to my brother if uh man the trifecta today papa edwards got a shout out laz got a shout out did we shout out laz i think we did and my brother got a shout out that is the holy trinity of shout outs on this show um 
I said to Matthew, I was like, I listen every LeBron year, all of the, all the time we do this. Wow. The really bad to end the regular season. And then it never ends up meaningful, but I'm just like, listen, a high ankle sprain is like actually a problem. Like LeBron teams have been bad to finish the regular season before and nobody roots for him harder than I do. Like I'm not the guy who's like little Mickey or Mickey mouse ring or anything like that. Like every he's amazing, but I just kind of like, this is different and I'm worried for his sake. I don't know. Yeah, It feels different. He's doing the LeBron thing where he's painting the narrative though. Um, he's just never, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's really had like too many of, uh, outwardly nagging injuries and ankle sprain's not fun. Can I ask you a question? No. Who's two and zero against the Brooklyn Nets this week? Uh, interesting. It's the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Anyways. So I actually wanted Can to I point ask? this out. I wanted okay. to point this out. So ask, the, I have something to ask you after the first conversation that you and I ever had. Uh, was on my show, Shoot the J, last February, I believe. Okay, And in there, I tried to pick your brain, and we tried to predict five coaching vacancies for the following offseason, which would have been this previous offseason. Can I tell you one of the names that I threw out there? And you said, quote, I think they do something with their roster before that, that coach gets fired. Sure, I don't remember. I said Terry Stotts. Turns out I was one year away from being correct on that. Yeah. And they really didn't. Well, I guess they. Wow, Robert Norm, Covington. Wow, Robert Covington Norm, got traded for for another first round pick. Oh, well, Norman Powell. That's a good point. And Ennis Cantor, who actually is, I mean, he's and always CJ good in Portland. And CJ and Harry Giles. And Harry Giles, yeah. No, but actually, though, I'm just kind of like I am a little bit surprised because I actually thought that you were right. I think I don't remember which one of us threw it out there, but we thought Popovich was gonna quit. Not like yeah, get fired. We just thought he was going to be done. Yeah, I thought he was going to be done. Uh, it doesn't seem like it anytime soon. Um, so I have a question for you. Somebody asked me this question, and I didn't. I don't remember how I. I don't remember how I answered, but I, I was like, I would like to get Nick's opinion. Say a team comes. You're Troy. Put on your hat. GM hat. You just had it on. You took it off. All right, it's back on. Off white. It's supreme. Supreme. Somebody comes knocking on your door. That team, that person has the twelfth pick in this draft. Thirteenth, twelfth pick. Uh, what was it? Twelfth pick. Okay. It was a high lottery pick. We'll say twelfth. I'm gonna name guys that would you, would you trade? Yes or no for that pick? Let me pull up the board real quick. I need to have the list of the the players in front of me. Okay, I got it. Go ahead. And this is working under the assumption Detroit has a top five pick. Not yes. sure which which sure. pick, but it's somewhere in the top five. Sure. Are you ready? Yep. Would you trade the twelfth pick in this year's draft for Sadiq Bay? No. No. You know who's funny. You know it's funny. You know who's at twelve right now in Tankathon's mock is is Book Knight. Yeah, he's yeah. As I say, twelve is about where they so, have him. It, that's a. That's just a, you know, no, no, I wouldn't do that, though. Isaiah. Wow. We got to get no. you to a point where no. you're showing Isaiah a little bit more respect. No, 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 because I was just trying to think, like, who would you even take there that replaces well, I know you him. love Kispert. No, I actually, to the what will surprise many, I actually do not like Corey Kispert at all. I know, I know. I actually um, hate him, which just goes into my theory that Gonzaga players aren't good in the NBA, which has actually been proven wrong. But um, 
Killian. No. All right. No. Well. I thought. Well. Well, it depends. If we're number one, then you. No. Ugh, yeah. If you get Cade, no, you can't do that. But what yet. if you have five and then you get twelve and five and twelve no, no, can no, get no, you no. to an absolute? Oh, chess, chess. Oh, that's right. I'm the GM. I forgot I have my hat on. I don't know if five and twelve get you yeah, to I was one. Yeah, say five and twelve might, plus. I get you to three. Five and twelve plus. I, there's no one that I would want to give up that would move the needle enough to to get that done. Nothing you can do. Nope. No, I don't think you give. You're, I'm not selling on Killian yet. I'm not selling on Killian for two more years. All right. Now here's a question for you. Take your GM head off. Okay. The bun is looking good. You're you have been appointed the GM of the Detroit Pistons. Who does Nicholas Hank? Who is Nicholas Hankel's top five big board? For the Detroit Pistons. For Detroit, it would go Cade Mobley. You're lying. It would go Evan Cade. I'm joking. Go ahead. I. You know what's funny? I was watching some Mobley stuff the other night, and I was of like, "I'm back." <laughs> I was like, "I'm back, baby." Oh, how late at How late so at night good. were you watching the Evan Mobley highlights? I was about. Was there Kleenex by you? I was, I think, eleven or twelve deep, and it was, I think, two or three in the morning. And I was like, this Mobley guy, man, this yeah. guy. Anyway, you almost got some texts about that, but I I could not type. I would go Cade, Mobley, Green. Wait, did you just admit on the pod you you, you went 11 or you, you were you, you're throwing them back? I had a lot of PBR and Coors Banquet. And look at this guy admitting admit. Look at this is this is major. You know, whatever, whatever. Say Um, it. I'm grown. I'm a grown man. I can. There we go. Drink alcohol if I want to drink. I don't talk your talk. I don't like to do it. Can I you want to talk about talk your talk? I think it's you know, it's funny. So there's all this stuff about John Morant coming out about how he's, you know, he's a top five point guard. And well, he said that. Yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry. Yes, that that he said that. And then there was something else about the Grizzlies. I don't remember if you tweeted it or something. And I wanted to tag, like, tweet and tag James and be like, I can't believe this man, like, slandered Jaw this much and hates Jaw Morant and the Grizzlies. But I forgot that not everybody listens to the show, and so some people are going to think I'm yeah. being serious. But it was actually a bit that we were doing. But anyways, but for um, my player, for yes, my two K, Cade Mobley Green. Um, this is where it gets interesting. Ooh, people are going to be mad at me. Hmm. Cause I, you don't, it's been, well, I, it's not been documented, but you've avoided Suggs. So I think the listeners know you're not a Suggs guy. No. And you, and you've kind of faded on Kaminga. I've, I, I feel partly responsible for that one. Jonathan Kaminga, the opaqueness on Jonathan Kaminga is at a hundred percent right now. I don't even see him. Um, and the Jalen Green thing, people like I'll mention some guys. But you forgot Jalen Green. I was like, did I? I'm pretty sure I said what I said. Do I want to throw? You mean, mean Suggs? I'm sorry, I said Green. You're right. I'm sorry, I meant Jalen Suggs. Um, I kind of want to go really crazy here. Scotty Barnes isn't a top five guy. No, not to me. Not for Detroit. I no. think think for Cleveland he should be though. Um, I don't care after that. <laughs> I don't, I don't care, care about three. the draft at that no at that at that point. I need at two point, more. At I that need point, I'm uh, four. Your four will do Keon Johnson. 
five. You feel like a Moses Moody guy just because the name. You, alone. you know what's funny? Yeah, it was between him and and Book Night. So go Moses, do it. Yeah, the you know what? We'll do Mo- we'll do Moses Moody. I th- he's that shout out to Arkansas. He's just a scorer. Who was it? Isaiah Joe was the last one last year. He was the scorer from Arkansas. And they got another one. So yeah, I'll 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 do Johnson at four, Moody at five for Detroit. Yeah, I like that. I don't. I do not like the Jalen Suggs thing. With the Pistons, I don't think it makes any sense. But if you if you want to take the best player, then sure. But no, I don't think it makes any sense. Why do you not? Well, okay, here's a question. Why do you think it doesn't make sense? I think it would. Because we're now we're gonna if if based on what you say, we're gonna get into a really deep discussion here. And I'm mad we waited till the 44 minutes and 39 seconds. I feel people like we should, probably, we should. People have probably prob- exited by now, probably, but probably wait till no. The next we're doing episode. it. No, this is for the this is for the ride or dies. Because I feel like either of over time, I feel like it, one of okay between he and Killian, they're gonna stunt each other. I feel like one of them will be relegated into this role that doesn't actually make any sense for them. This whole make Killian a shooting guard thing is cute if Cade Cunningham's on my basketball team because at that point I kind of don't really care much about what happens because Cade Cunningham is on my basketball team. But with Jalen Suggs, I think I don't question him as a scorer. Um, I don't question him as a facilitator. I question... Or a defender. Or a defender, but I don't question Killian about being a defender. I question him as a scorer. Um, I... Sorry, I'm really trying. I need to like actually make a case for this because off the off the riff, I'm never good with this stuff. This is my thing, and I'm you know me. I'm not I'm not writing off Killian off of 15 games. Like I'm with you. Like this is a this is seasons in the making. Yeah. Um, but w- is it possible that the front office sees simply just to put it simply, Suggs? is the guy they want if certain guys are off the board that Suggs is the guy that they want to facilitate their offense. Right. Yeah. And then at that point does it really matter what happens? Yeah. People this is one thing I think gets lost. And again, I'm I've I've been noted I think I've been as um a much of a champion of Killian's um, of anybody in the media simply because, like I said, I think he's a phenomenal passer with a great IQ who has who can be a really good defender. He has two things to hang his hat on potentially as he develops his scoring. I've always said the scoring is going to determine whether he's Sean Livingston, Kendall Marshall, or Goran Dragic. Right. You know, the, 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 that's the spectrum. Now, people do have to remember, though, like I know he was the highest pick of this great rookie class. No, he was a top ten pick. But he was it was the seventh pick in a draft that was eh. I'll say it was better so than it's we like thought it's it was not, gonna be, but Yeah, no, it's turned out fine. I don't know if there's I think the stars of this draft class well, the Pistons two of the Pistons guys could break that mold, but right now the guys that look like stars were taken in the top Three with the top three picks. 
not all like uh, Edwards. There was one. There was one guy Halliburton. in between uh, first and third. That I yeah, don't... <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's all I was trying to say. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two of the guys were top three picks, and then there's Halliburton, and then I mean Isaiah and Sadiq. Well, there could be. Yeah, they've been really good as well. Quickly, and, who knows? Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, like I know there's this there's this thing with fans where because a guy was a top ten pick. It's like if he doesn't work out, it is the end of the world. But it's like it's also not. It just depends on like where you pick, and like seventh is a very much a crapshoot. And this draft wasn't great. And it's like it's. I feel like Killian has the expectations of a guy who went top five in a great class. Mm. And I think people forget that he went seventh at nineteen. And then draft that not many people loved. So it's like give the guy some time. Let him figure it out. Um, it's not like he was destined to be great off the cuff. Like it, that's not what any of this was. Now I say that to also say this draft at the top is that draft. And if they think that somebody's maybe more suited to be uh, the facil- facilitator star of the future – do they shift plans a little bit? I, I just think that part gets lost. You have to remember, people put high expectations on Killian. Just pump the brakes a little bit. It was the seventh pick. It's not. That's not one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Like that's. I don't know. Maybe I'm reckon, in the minority there. I reckon Kevin O'Connor probably didn't help with that. Yeah. Yeah, but that was his guy, and he and he's riding for his guy. Hundred percent. Um, I'm just looking at like just for the sake of it. Seven bef- the year before was Kobe White. Year before that, seven was Wendell Carter Jr. So far, two guys that I forgot that the Bulls picked seventh, a hundred years in a row. Uh, Lori Markkinen. How did they that. pick seventh in a row? When did Detroit pick seventh? If I'm so, I'm talking about the year before Killian. It went Kobe, I, Wendell. I know, but Laurie. Detroit fans say they always, they're the ones that pick seventh. Yeah, which year. is just a lie. Before that, year before that, Jamal Murray. There's another point guard. Seven, Manuel Mudiay. Not great. So far, we'd say one of these guys has worked out. Julius Randle. Worked out. Took a while. Ben McLemore. Not worked out, but he's still in the league. Yep. Harrison Barnes. Worked out, I'd say. Yeah, he's overpaid, but he's an NBA player. Uh, Bismack Biombo. You know what's funny? It took 10 years, but you know what? Bismack Biombo. Come on down. You're kind of great. He's in the NBA. Year. He's still in the NBA. He's he's made an impact this season for uh for them. And then we'll get to the last time that Detroit picked 7th, which was 2010. Who did they pick? Greg Monroe. Um as far as the expectation goes, I just if you're going to if Suggs is the 2 and he's off ball, I can get on board with that. I worry about Killian and his abilities as it stands, but it's silly to do that because he's a rookie. So it just kind of is what So it what is. if they draft Suggs and Suggs is a starter and Killian's the backup point guard and I'm worried. figures it I'm, out? I need to I need to be proven wrong, which I would be more than happy to be. If we take why Jalen you, Suggs, wh- if we take somebody that I'm worried. Because I have a lot of stock in Killian. You just have a t shirt with him and Seiku. I'm it's your, it's your only stock. No, I mean just because I don't have <laughs> tangible items that you I'm know are, 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 are but I you know I, I mean you, I you just don't want that shirt to be a throwback so fast. You spent twenty nine ninety nine on it. I got it for free. But yeah, I mean <laughs> I just don't 
want to see Killian turn into I, another one of the No, I get it. You want him, Yeah, of course. There's, as a there's, fan, you want their player to work out. And I think it's he could work like he's he's had moments. Like I'm not people just need to pump the brakes on the crazy expectations set on him. Well, the only thing that he does that makes me mad is this gosh Doesn't dang shoot. uh no, this it's when he does this weird floater. When you're doing a floater, it's like a lot of you want that wrist, right? A lot of wrist, maybe some some elbow to kind of, but it's like all bicep and shoulder when he does it. It's like Dwayne he's taking doesn't a, even want him taking those. He wants him like, to go the whole hard. Yeah, it's like when he takes a jumper. It's just he doesn't have his right hand on the ball. Like the mechanics of it are so gross, and every time I'm like, brother, just do a finger roll, do anything else but what you're fouled. doing right yeah, now. Yeah, go get fouled. Oh. Use your right hand. Yeah. Only just, thing that he does I, yeah. that makes me mad. As I said before, and I'll say it one more time, Killian has two things that he does really, really well. It's the scoring that's going to determine how far he goes in this league. And, yeah, and some guys get it and figure it out. Some guys don't. And the guys that don't have long careers, but their roles are limited. I am um, – no matter who we draft, I want to be – I mean, if it's somebody I don't quote-unquote like, I want to be proven wrong. There are you'll be hard pressed to find a time where Nick doesn't want to be proven wrong about something. Nico Mannion's one. I won't accept it if he ends up being good, which he won't. But well, you don't I, want to be proved wrong about Nico Mannion. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying like oh. that's one example where like if I'm proven wrong about him, I will not accept it, and I okay. will find ways to minimize it and to diminish him. But uh, it is what it is. So James. Nick, kind of, kind of coming down the stretch on this NBA season. Do you think that the? I'm looking at the West. Matthew asked me. He goes, "Who do you, who do you got in the conference finals?" And I'm looking at the West. And I'm like, ah, I don't believe in any of these teams. Because it with with the Chris Paul thing, it just feels like. I don't remember who said this. It's, it was a great point. Chris Paul teams. It feels like they maximize themselves in the regular season to a point where we know what they are. And we don't really see any other iterations or extensions of them when we actually get into the playoffs. So as fun as it is to believe in Phoenix right now, a team that is tied for the for the number one seed but own the tiebreaker over Utah, so they are the one seed, um, there are four teams in the West who could potentially win 50 games. In the East, there's only two. And I just don't believe in any of them. In the West or in general? Yeah, in the West. Why? Uh, well, Phoenix is a – they've jumped onto the scene. You, you want to see it one time in the playoffs before you believe it. I think that's pretty much it. I, I question their front court for the playoffs. I think that's probably their biggest flaw right now. Um, I don't – I mean, I think DeAndre Ayton's a good player, but, like, is he is he ready for the playoffs? Is Dario Saric ready for the playoffs? Is Frank Comis- – you know what I mean? Like, the front, hole, the front court has the holes. Uh, but then – that backcourt, uh, I don't know if there's a better backcourt in the playoffs besides the one in Brooklyn. You don't uh, you don't like the Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr.? You don't like that? Tempting. <laughs> Tempting, but no. You don't like the, the Stephen Curry and Juan Toscano Anderson? You don't like that out of Oakland? I mean, I, I love that. You know my Steph Curry love, but yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, Phoenix, I think people want to see it, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix, I, I, I'd be surprised if Phoenix came out of the West, but 
I'm not writing them off. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been so good. And I, I think Devin Booker is not going to be one of those guys that's going to his first time in the moment he's going to struggle. Like I think Devin's a gamer. I think he's been kind of disrespected all this time in the league. I think he's a gamer. I think he's you're going to learn a lot about Devin Booker in these playoffs. Utah, probably the best team in the West. I don't know if I trust him in the playoffs again. Lakers really seem like something's going on, and they have no continuity going into the playoffs. That's worrisome. The Clippers kind of lost a lot of their punch last year, but they are shooting the lights out. Still don't know if I trust their point guard play. So, yeah, yeah I think you're going to be celebrating in the on the streets. Is Michigan Ave go all the way up to Milwaukee? Uh, that's a great question. It obviously stretches to here because that's the biz. That's where I work is Michigan. Yeah. It's a great question though. Um, I don't remember where I saw this. It was, I was just trying to find the tweet something. It was some graphic that showed that Dwayne Casey was like a top 10 out of bounds timeout coach in the league in terms of drawn up plays. I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. It's a cool stuff. I'd like to, I'd like to see it. I'm really trying. I'm going to try to dig it up. I'm going to try to find it and I'll send it to you. I actually meant to the other day, but I didn't think you would care. Um, and then I, I tweeted this earlier. We'll, we'll sign off on this before you throw us your music pick. Uh, player who most deserves to be traded in the league. What does most deserve means? Uh, Colin Sexton's mine because his teammates and organization are idiots. Oh. So, like, you feel bad for them and you hope they get out they of the de- situation. They deserve something new. Carl Anthony Towns is probably the correct pick. Mm. I don't know about Towns. Um, People are saying Levine, and I don't agree with that at all. I don't either. Um, great question. Second time you said that in this show. I just want to say that. I also I want to throw out there. Uh, it you since be a credentialed media member. Since we started doing the show, I have fed you two questions. One you have asked Dwayne. One you have asked Jeremy Grant. I just want to throw that out there. What was the one that I asked Dwayne? Dwayne was something about the rookies, but I don't remember oh, what the question was. A wall. Yeah, because I, I, I said the rookies aren't really hitting a wall this year. What's going on? I was like, well, even yeah, if they it was, are, it's not really in Detroit. There weren't many would... questions, so I was like, eh, why not? I'll go Nick a salad. <laughs> sure, be, just yeah. shoot me down. Sure. <laughs> I, I, you could have been like, yeah, dude, it was a great question. I want to get Dwayne's even though he gave a super, Even though he gave a super diplomatic answer and was just like, well, you know, they're working hard. No, 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 Dwayne, that's not what I want to hear. Uh, the Jeremy thing, though, when you texted me, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't I've know, I've been I've, wondering that for a while too. No, I, I know just, that was. I told just you I'd ask. Thing. Yeah, yeah, we've. I mean, we've talked about it even on the show that Jeremy Grant uh, always plays in nines. He always plays in threes. He plays in some fours. Uh, plays in elevens. Oh, we didn't talk about Jeremy. Me being quote unquote wrong. Probably should do that at the top. He's playing Saturday. Oh yeah, I don't. Who cares? I, I, wow, Jeremy Grant yeah. playing against the Philadelphia 76 So, yeah, this is, this is what I think is going to happen. This is just James is not reporting. James is just saying. This is just what James thinks. There's a game bet- before then. Do you know who they play? The Memphis Grizzlies. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, James. Oh, I get to play. I get to play on Thursday, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, a game that with the veterans – don't know if you'd pick them to win but they could win uh, philly I, mean, there's, I think there's a reason he's coming back maybe the nba is asking a little bit about these injury reports that's what um, i was thinking they, they want to 
You can bring him back for the Philly game because if Philly plays its guys, you're not going to win that one anyway. And then, hmm, maybe learn the next day after the Philly game that Tweaked Jeremy re-aggravated re his injury and he sits down for the last week. So I think if I had to guess, that's how I think that one's going to go. I would be – I will I will, I will, will eat a literal crow, a bird, on this podcast if he plays the Philly game and the game after that. Could just give someone like a monthly – like a one-month subscription to The Athletic, but instead you're just going to tie yourself to something that you know you're not going to fulfill. I'm going to eat a bird. <laughs> I wish people could have seen your face when you said that. No, that's what, exactly what I was going to say is they're probably – they're going to plan for one game just to get the league off their ass and then the next game – you know, so that they get him off the trail, and then the league will be like, "Oh, he he is healthy," and they'll be like, "Oh, he's not anymore." That's really too bad. I thought you guys were going to turn around. I let me tell you, Jeremy, he better thirty piece the the Sixers because Sadiq is coming. Sadiq's oh, going to be the Pistons time. MVP. What a turn! It, I, like we need to if if Sadiq wins it. Can we hold the ceremony on this podcast where you talk about everything you love about Sadiq? You go back to the day that they drafted him and your emotions then and just how it's come full circle. Full that is a that is a story arc. Yeah. And then what I tried to do what I wanted to do last year was all the awards that I gave out, I wanted to give uh send out for acceptance speeches. But the only person I knew I could reach out to was Johnny Kane. And I was like, I'm not gonna bother him to give it because he won an award. I'm not gonna bother him. So this year I will, uh, which by the way that man's hair grew back suspiciously quick. He was buzzed a week ago and now he's just back. He's full back. He's full ba yeah. back to a full head of hair. What happened? He's, he's, what what award does Johnny win? He won the Johnny Kane of the Year award. That's right. I couldn't remember if it was a media award or a, just a, a award that only Johnny could win. But that makes sense. It's uh, best friend of the year, recap of the year, which. <laughs> We have to shelf that one this year. Uh, well, no, no he, there's it, a winner. No, no, no. It's already a winner. It, it got me on television. Yeah, so there's a winner already. <laughs> got me on a major network. I'll I'll take that one. Yeah. Uh, Enemy of the year was scrapped. Maybe we bring that back, and it's just Reddit because <laughs> they were mean to us. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't remember what else was there. Me, uh, Johnny Kane of the year was one of them. Uh, Which is oh, just an award only Johnny can win? Only Johnny can win it. But I, I, I was thinking about turning it into the like like your person of the year award. So Johnny just won the inaugural one, and it's just named after Johnny now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I'll we'll, we'll, we'll have some discussions about that. And then the this one was kind of the You Tried Your Best award, which went to the player who had the least – a uh, number of Motown Noah Best Friend of the Night awards. Which well, I right know now, who's getting that award this year. Well, if so, four, five people are tied. We know who it goes to. We know who the tiebreaker should go to. I don't know if you know who only has one. This man is just showing up to work every day. I'm not sure if he's aware of his future of the organization. He doesn't he's have there one. every day. He doesn't have one. Him, so, uh, well, he can't. Him. He can't win it then. He can win it. He's trying his best. He's putting in effort every day. This is my award show. I think it's, I think you're doing a huge disservice if that person does not win that award. I don't want to. No, no, no. Okay, fine, fine. He'll win. If but you it's don't your know we're talking about, you'll have to. Well, you're gonna co-host it this year. Remember, you're like the the, the D'Angelo Vickers. Yeah, you see, you remember dentist. the bit. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't remember. I don't know what else. What other awards we're gonna throw in there? We said we were gonna talk about it, and we never did. But this doesn't come until July, I think, is when we do the award show. So okay. Well, I look forward to it. We'll make it. A, maybe we'll do it on Zoom, and we'll let ten listeners in, and we'll make it an award show. Ooh, give them a give them a front row seat. Now, yeah. Then then we can. Uh, one of them can tweet out the award winners as it's happening. It's like, well, no, because then people wouldn't listen to the show. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, James. Actually, what's your music pick this week? Um. I always forget that we do this. Uh, bruh. I'm going to go with... I also have a nickname for this Pistons team that I've been waiting to unleash in a recap, and I haven't been able to because they keep friggin' losing. So do you want to use it for the podcast that we do twice a week That and we need, we need, to, go, we need to go viral? No. Somebody DM'd me, though. They got a nickname for Frank Jackson. Let me read it real quick. Uh, Andy from Andy Critchell. Hopefully I said that correctly, Andy. I apologize if I didn't. Uh, ooh, bad bio, though. He said Almond Joy is a tremendous candy bar. Bad bio. Anyways. Yeah, that's terrible. If Vinny Johnson was the microwave, oh, is gosh. Frank Jackson the air fryer? Thoughts? Nah. nah. I love the effort. I'll say that, Andy. I do uh, really yeah, appreciate I, I like the, the linear connection. The air fryer is not... If somebody tells me if I hear Mason if I if I play for the the Chicago Bulls and Mason's on and Frank Jackson's at the the uh, scores table and Mason's about to say and about to check in is the air fryer. Yeah. I'm I'm laughing. I'm not I'm not afraid of the air fryer. Not a big fan of forcing nicknames, not a big fan of trying to continue traditions that like it made sense for him. There was somebody else who was it like someone was called like hot and ready or something. I don't remember who it was. Was it hot and ready? I, I don't remember. No, it wasn't even hot and ready. I don't remember who the player. You pick a record. You're looking at the whole thing. Pick a record. Pick a All sneaker. Right. Those are next to you too. Your favorite one. I'm gonna go with Fleet Magic. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. No, not Fleetwood Mac. The hell? I think this is. All right. It's called. It's called. The album's called Fleet Magic. It's by an artist named Fleet. F L E E T dot Dreams. So there's actually. Can I tell the story about behind behind this record? seems it's actually a really cool story all right so i always reference the dunedin scene like elect like pop hip-hop r&b that's what this is like there's also like fuse of like detroit house music in here so r&b house r&b i already said uh hip-hop it's dope it's yeah it's like you would like this so i want you to listen to this sure yeah um yeah so it's just a vibe but so i was in the record store in Eastern Market uh, about a year ago. And I'm just looking, digging, just looking for stuff. And this is like playing in the record store. And I like, I never do this. I went up to the guy at the counter. I'm like, what is this playing? Like, this is really dope. And he's like, some guy just like makes music and he dropped off like 10 copies of his album. Wow. I was like, oh, so he's like a local artist. I was like, yeah. Or he's like, yeah, he is. He's from Detroit. I didn't hear about it, but I played it. And it was sick, and I bought some copies. And yeah, here's one right here. Here you go. Wow. So come to find out, like I, he's on SoundCloud. Or he's not. He's on SoundCloud, but I found him on like Spotify or whatever. Um, yeah, he's like from Brooklyn, but moved to Detroit. It's like wow. this R&B house singer artist. If I had to, yeah, describe it. It's really dope. So Fleet Dot Dreams, Fleet Period Dreams is the artist and fleet magic's the album so check that out there you go honestly the way that you were explaining that story i thought that you were going to be like yeah this guy like came in and like dropped off one of his records 
And, you know, I picked it up. I thought it sounded really cool. And that guy turned out to be Kid Rock or something <laughs> something stupid like that. Hell no. Um, I want to say this before we sign off. I'd rather listen to Fleetwood Mac than Kid Rock. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not disparage Fleetwood Mac. That's just not my cup of tea. Thunder only happens when it's raining, James. It's uh, not true, you, but yeah. The beat that you, the beat that you made for Sunday's episode. I just want to give you a little bit of, Fire. ladies and gentlemen. James was so excited he Facetimed me. <laughs> we were done recording the show, and I was playing 2K, and I see I have a Facetime from James, and the man is he's in the, he's in the lab. And he's just losing. He's like, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. And that's why if you listen to the end of the last show, it cut off the way it did with yeah. it didn't have this normal ending because I hadn't we had a different beat there, but it was an old beat, like maybe like two years old. And I was like, I haven't made a beat in like two weeks. Let me make one. Let me dig and make a beat real quick. And I made some heat in like mm. 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, we had to go to pre and pre in a post production. I had to it play was, that for Nick. Yeah, it was so impressive. Thank you. I'm not kidding. Matthew goes. My brother texts me and he's like, he like basically came up with an entire concept of a film, and wow. made up a poster of it featuring John David Washington because of because that beat? of that beat. He like they gave him such like a vibe and so much like creative juices really? that the dude came up with a movie. <laughs> what I do. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it has uh, John Please. David Washington, and he's a he's a detective. So that's dope. Please, yeah. Um, Shout out to ladies and gentlemen. If you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very very much for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, subscribe, leave a review. If you are feeling generous, we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.